What's up? This is Eric from I Prevail, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, what's up? This is Johnny Three Tears from Hollywood Undead, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to episode 285 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This past week, Hollywood Undead headlined a show at Stage AE with Crown the Empire and I Prevail opening. I was lucky enough to be able to sit down and talk with a few of the bands on the bill. First up, I had a chance to interview Eric from I Prevail. I Prevail is a newer band based out of Michigan that have been making some waves lately. Eric fills us in on what's going on with the band, but before we get to that, here's a track from their debut EP, Heart vs. Mind. This is Love, Lust, and Liars. Hey everyone, what's up? I'm sitting here backstage with Eric from My Prevail. How you doing today, Eric? Doing great, man. How about yourself? Uh, thanks Thanks for asking. Doing great. Um, thanks for taking time to talk to us. Uh, you guys are out on tour with Hollywood Undead. Can you talk a little bit about how the tour is going? Uh, the tour's been great. Um, band, both bands have been phenomenal. Crown the Umpire and Hollywood Undead. Great, great performances and got to hang out with them a little bit. They're really good, nice guys. Show's been huge, massive. It's been, been a blast so far. Uh, as a touring artist, what do you like most about touring? Um, man, that's tough. Uh, I, I'd probably have to say uh, one of the best things is uh, getting to tour around the country and see right. see the whole you know the whole country and hopefully one day the world. You know, right, right, right. Uh, that's fun. You guys, have you guys made it to Europe yet, or are you guys nope. still? Nope. Uh, this will be our fourth tour around um, ever. We started in March, and right. it's the second time we've been to Canada, so that's our first right. international. Cool. Maybe you're up next year, so we're hoping. I know you guys started your last tour here in Pittsburgh at the yep. Bar, which was, uh, which was a cool 
Yeah, so. that was actually our first show ever. So really? wow. yeah, it was our first show of our first tour, and we played a little show back in Michigan to like a couple friends and stuff, but that was our first actual shows at the Altar Bar. So it's like a second home to us here in nice. Pittsburgh. Well, you guys are from Michigan, you yep, said? Yep, yeah, Detroit, so you're Michigan. Not, you're not that far from Yeah, no, not too far at all. Um, can you talk a little bit about, sorry, how the band started? Um, yeah, um, we all, uh, most of us played in different bands uh, leading up to this, and uh, I know uh, Brian was in, was in a band, and after he left, he was searching for members, found Steve online uh, through like a band people meet kind of thing. Then uh, Brian's friend of a friend knew one of my friends I played baseball with at college and knew I was just started a band but I was looking for something different right, and right. after that we met Lee saw him do a drum covers on YouTube found he lived pretty close and then uh, after that we picked up our two touring members uh, Dylan was our producer he produced his old band okay. and then uh, the bassist is a good friend of mine from back home now one of the things that kind of put you guys on the map was the uh, cover of the Taylor Swift yep. song "Blank Space." Can you talk a little bit about the decision to do that and, and how yeah. that song kind of like put you out there? Yeah, we um, we recorded our our EP throughout the whole year, and um, it just came up like marketing strategies, wondering what like we could put out there to right. get someone's attention. And uh, we're like, well, why don't we do a cover? And then all summer long, there wasn't really any big albums or big songs that were like, oh man, this would be cool to cover. Uh, finally, we see Taylor Swift just coming out with an album, roughly long, around the same time that we wanted to drop our EP. And uh, when we once we heard the album, they put out that that first single, "Shake It Off." And we're like, all right, it's kind of poppy. We could probably find something on there. But once we heard "Blank Space," we're like, man, it's kind of darker. We could probably make it a nice little heavier song. So we we went ahead and did that. And then, luckily, go figure, it was her next single, and they right. all just kind of like came out at the same time. So. Do you know if she ever heard the song? Or I don't know if she, I mean, with 15 right, million right. views or something like that, I'm hoping one of her peoples have, but right. um, I don't know. I hope so. I hope um, she had. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it'd, it'd be <laughs> interesting to see her take on it. Yeah. And all that. And, um, but uh, in your debut I, I EP, Heart <laughs> vs. Mind, um, that came out earlier this year. Uh, it's a great album. Thank you. to it a few times. It's uh, really dig it. Thank you. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how you guys write and how you guys record? Because I know yeah. the process is different for everyone. Yeah. Um, the, the the way the EP was written, it was, uh, we never thought it'd be, you know, come off to right. be like this. But uh, it was um, a producer, Brian's friend for a while, uh, has a, a studio in his basement. So we all just met up down there and, and uh, each song, we kind of wanted to have like, you know, positive message in it. Each song, even like the heavier, darker ones, like "Love, Lust, and Lives" and "Face Your Demons," like still want to have like a positive message in there. But um, every song, we kind of sat down and we're like, "All right, well, what are we going for? What kind of style? What kind of heavy, fast, slow, whatever?" Right. And then after that, we kind of talk about like we just kind of bounce off ideas of stories and stuff that we went through, and like what kind of message we want to put out there. And that's kind of like how we how we wrote each each different song, you know. Now you guys have been kind of labeled as like a post-hardcore band yeah. or whatever, and there's all these kind of different genres coming yeah. up. And, and to me, I don't. I just kind of want to get your opinion on stuff like yeah. this. I kind of feel like there's like an over-genrification of music to this point. Do you yeah. kind of agree with that? Oh, I do. I do. I mean, like to make it more specific, I get it. But like, and then you get to that one. Like, you you could break it up to you get to like one band per genre. Where right, it was like, right. like post-melodic deathcore, underwater basket weaving, <laughs> something or other, and then there's that one band. Right. But uh, I do think it, it gets over, over what's the word I'm looking for, like, too, too, specific. too specific. But um, post-hardcore, it's kind of just like, you know, hardcore with melody, so it's kind of like right. hard rock with a little bit of electronic influence, so, but yeah, I, I do think there's, 
<laughs> There's yeah. way too much over. Yeah, part of me kind of thinks it's like, oh, it's music. It's yeah, just, it's just know, rock and roll. It, you know? Just it's rock and roll. New age rock and roll. Exactly. Cool. Um, now, as a band, like you're relatively new on the scene. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges of a new band trying to get out there and trying to get noticed and build yeah. up a fan base? Um, the fan base thing, building up the fan base, it was kind of like we just got lucky with that cover and just like people were, we were right. getting attention, but we were like sending out. Everyone has a job like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, every social media, Instagram, just to cover and reach out to people. Um, the challenge is like going around and touring. It's like, you know, it's your first time going out and touring and, and your crew is new and you're new and you, you know, you're not too sure like right. how things are settled and handled and, and how touring life on the road and it's, uh, that's the difficult part. Um, and then um, trying to, we, we've been lucky with the fan base that we've been playing for. like. Hollywood and Dud's fan base. Um, we play, we did a uh, tour where we opened up for this band called Amaranth. They're a yeah. Swedish shirt, yeah. Swedish, yeah, Swedish metal band. And like trying to like convert those fans to be interested mm -hmm. to check out our stuff. That's really what I feel like the big um, big challenges. Because right. if you if you play the show, you can just play the show, walk off stage, and they might be like, "Who was that?" Uh, I don't know. I'm not worried about it. But like we want to put on a crazy show or something memorable. That's why right. usually I'm climbing up on. 20 foot speakers or something try to like get someone's memory stuck on us that's that's the challenge i think to catch someone's attention like that now um you mentioned you know touring with amaran yeah. and, and all this and these other hollywood undead um have they guys helped you adjust have they helped you guys adjust oh, yeah. to the road and give you pointers and told you like how to how to yeah right in the beginning um we did a headlining tour and that was our first tour ever that was right, that was right. rough um the other two opening bands they've been around the scene for a while they helped us a little bit uh, Amaranth was, we you could just walk, come in and watch them, how they set up, how they run their stuff, their sound checks and all that. Same with Hollywood Undead, uh, they just watch how you, you come in, set up, you're, you're very professional, but you still, you know, have a personality, and that's what we've been sitting back and watching, and it's like been the greatest like learning experience, just getting them watch them, how they how they run things, you know, right, right, right. how now, to be professional. Yeah. Cool. How do you get your start in music? Um, well, see, I played baseball all the way from like when I was three years old all the way through college, and wow. Near the end, uh, like um, I, I struggled with depression, anxiety, and like writing was right, one of the right. things that really helped me. Um, it was like my escape kind of thing, and uh, started writing and um, just love music. Music really had a big impact in my life, going through like some hard times and stuff. And uh, now I kind of wanted to like find a way that I could put the writing back out and like kind of right. put a positive message in someone else's life. So um, when I was like 18 or so, I started like screwing around with a guitar with some friends and then after that I was like I really like you know being a vocalist so I started singing and screaming with different bands then finally just like progressed through there through college you know baseball kind of you know fell off I got hurt and I was like right. oh perfect time to go do do some more music <laughs> follow another passion so but that's that's where I got my start who are your biggest influences oh man growing up uh, when I was younger it was like 30 seconds to Mars Lincoln Park Slipknot yeah. right. um, my dad Got me to Led Zeppelin and Van Halen, of course, yeah. um, but recently, um, it's like bands like A Day to Remember. Uh, the last like five, six years, Day to Remember. Um, I listen to Hollywood and Dead a lot in high school. Uh, um, I listen to a lot of like underground bands too, like newer, up and coming bands. So that's kind of like where I get like inspiration from, like hardcore bands and right, stuff. Right. So one one of the things too that I kind of want to ask you about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I was growing up with Metallica and yeah. you know, all them were in their heyday and the whole thing, there was no social media, there yeah. was nothing, it was all tape trading and, yep. and things like that. Um, now with the advent of social media, do you think it's harder for a band to get out there or easier? Um, 
depends how you look at it. Like I, th I think it's um, it's easier if you if you know what you're doing or you research how to right. strategies how to reach the people. Uh, I think it's it's a godsend. It's easy. It's it's it helps you out if you're doing the right thing and finding your market. Like if I want to market towards Slipknot fans with our kind of music, we might not hit every single one. Right. But if we hit like Justin Bieber fans, you're not gonna you're right, not gonna right. turn around. But if you're going for the, the same kind of market, like you're you're playing to mm -hmm. you know it's just things like that but i do think it um with the uh, the social media being right at your fingertips it's kind of also it's, it's hard because a on one end you got the so many fans you got it you got so many up and coming things you got to like catch their attention like within five seconds and hold on to it and then the other side for artists there's so many so many musicians out there now right. that put up a song or two or put up a whole album or just you know have discographies it's just hard right. to get to and find which what you're gonna like and so as long as you know what you're doing and, and searching or trying to find you you know your way through it I think it, it's a big help very big help now you personally after this tours up yeah. um, what, are, what would your dream tour be what would you like to see this after tour, uh, next? man um, I you know I, I'm a big fan of them I'd love to see you know tour with a day to remember I'm, right. I'm a big fan of them but um Something like, I don't know, something like 30 Seconds to Mars and the Deftones and <laughs> and Bring Me the Horizon has been killing right. it too. So like doing like a huge tour like that would just be like mind-blowing. Right, right, right. Well, what is next for Bell after this tour? Um, after this tour, uh, we got some time off during the winter. We're going back home writing our new record. Right. And um, yeah, we'll just be, be busting out some new songs and looking to do another possible headlining tour for... Um, for our album in the, the spring. Maybe we'll find another bigger band to tour with, but right. it'd be fun. But uh, yeah, we're gonna be writing our new record coming you up. You guys write on the road at all? or is that Try something? to a little bit. Um, it's kind of hard to get you know get your exactly. gear out and write, but like, I'll, right. I'll sit in my bunk and, and jot lyrics every now and then, right, or right. I'll have a notebook with me. But other than that, it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, so busy, being so new still, trying to figure out the swing right. the ropes and stuff. But uh, it's, you know, try to get a little bit done, but mostly it's at home. Well, I want you guys luck on the rest of the tour. Have a Thank tour you. show tonight. I can't wait to see you guys. Oh, and hopefully we'll be seeing a lot more of you. Yeah, sounds good. Appreciate all right. it. All right, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I'd like to thank Eric for taking the time to talk to us. I Prevail is a great band, and they put on a very intense live show. You definitely want to check them out. Up next, I got to talk to Johnny Three Tears from Hollywood Undead. If you haven't had a chance to hear Hollywood Undead before, they have a cool fusion of rap, rock, and metal. Before we get to that interview, though, here's a track from Hollywood Undead's newest album, Day of the Dead. This is Usual Suspects.
Hi everyone, what's up? I got uh, Johnny from Hollywood Undead with me and uh, we're backstage talking about the current tour. How are you doing today, Johnny? Good, how are you, bro? Doing good, thanks for asking, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. It's my uh, pleasure. You guys are in the middle of uh, the tour right now. Can you talk a little bit about how the tour is going? It's long. It's going very long. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, today's about a month now, so um, we're stoked, man. A lot of the best dates were at the end, Pittsburgh, for instance, and then we have New York coming up, and we're going into Canada tonight. So I'm happy, man. It's going good, doing our job, and uh, seeing the kids, seeing the right. fans. You can't, I can't complain. Exactly. Things could be worse. Um, so far on the tour, has anything stood out for you, highlights of the tour? Um... You know, I, I mean, honestly, the, the whole tour has been awesome thus far. There are cities that, you know, you love going right. to. We're in Seattle, and I love um, the Pike Place area right mm -hmm. down by the water. You know, so I like to do stuff outside the venue. I just stay away as much as possible. So the more there is, even today, you know, I walked over to the ballpark, and everybody's going to the game. Those are the kinds of things I look for when we're touring, just to break out of the monotony and the right. Groundhog Day effect of the whole thing. Exactly. But, yeah, no, it, it's been good, man. We've seen some cool stuff, and... Just trying to stay excited. Do you guys get a lot of time to sightsee when you're out or in bout or? Not really. I mean, if you wake up early enough, you can. We usually have sound check and stuff. You know, the day starts around three. Right. right. So I try and get up, you know, at ten or eleven because we don't go to bed. We don't finish exactly. playing till midnight. So I try and get to bed early enough where I have some time, but not a ton. No. Yeah, I mean, that sucks a lot of cities, but you know, is there any cities you'd ever want to go back to and visit just vacation, or is it? Um, you know, I hate flying, yeah, so, so if I wasn't in a band, I don't think I would ever left LA. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, there's great, you know, Europe is awesome to right. go sightseeing, but I've done that a lot, and um, you know, no, there, there's a lot of things to enjoy. You got to know what to look for because exactly. everything has something different to offer, which is what makes everything so cool, especially in the States. Right. Um, so no, I, I definitely try and maximize you know what I do when I'm not we're not playing or doing band stuff. Now earlier this year, you guys released Day of the Dead, uh, great album. Thank Can you, you. Talk a little bit about how you guys approached writing and recording this album. You know uh, the the difference is I I would say we kind of went back to how we started writing, which was you know before you're signed before you, we were kid we just wrote in our bedroom it was, right. it was home studios it was just a bunch of punk kids who liked music. Um, and then you get signed, you get budgets and all this stuff, and you end up going to like nicer, loftier studios. And there's this time for this person, this time for that, and those kinds of things. Um, we made a con concerted effort to kind of go back to that vibe, and we recorded the record right off Sunset Boulevard in a back house, kind of in a ghetto area, which is right. kind of where we started. And we went to the studio at the same time. It was much less planned, I think. And we kind of went for that group atmosphere that we had more on the first record. I love our second and third record. Um, for different reasons, right, right. but we wanted to kind of try and capture that group thing with the mentality that goes behind it that is very Hollywood Undead. Um, and it was fun, man. We reconnected as writers and then you reconnect as a group and stuff. And it's very important to stay grounded and stuff like that. So it, it, that was certainly part of the process and that made the record special, in my opinion. Right. Would you say this was more of a collaborative effort? Or was it I would say, you know, it's we're very song by song right. as opposed to record by record. But yeah, right. I would say it was more of that and it was more of everybody there. And you get, you know, you get a lot of good ideas when you got six drunk guys in a room <laughs> just shooting the shit. Right. Some of it's horrible. Don't get me wrong. Oh, We've yeah, written yeah. stuff where the next day I was like, this is, you know, it's pretty all right. We read some lyrics or we listen to some. I don't know, that's kind of a haunted jukebox. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, so you, you write bad stuff, but there's something to it too, the group element and the fun of the whole thing. So we tried to have a better time, I guess. It wasn't right. so business-like. 
okay. in that sense. So, yeah, I mean, it, I think it comes through on the record in that sense. Yeah. Do you ever feel like the business starts to get in the way and, and you kind of oh, want yeah. to step back? And, and yeah, well, you can't help it. I mean, if you right. want to do it as a profession, there's no way that eventually that part's not going to bite in the ass. I right. mean, we've been through labels, three sets of managers. You can name them. We've been through it, fired, quit, blah, blah, blah. So. Right. Eventually, those things are going to come around, but the key is if, you know, with bands that have, we've been together 10 years, and I think one of the biggest things that's kept us together is we know how to separate those things, the boardroom from the stage, and, you know, music from some asshole manager right, who doesn't right. care about something. You know, you have to have that, you know, it's kind of like if you're married to someone, you don't want to come and because you had a bad day at work, right, yell right. at your wife. You separate, you separate it. it, and it's all a process of a. a learning how to overcome certain things in the day because they're going to suck to have, still be able to do your job because every day you get some bad news and some good news. Right, right. You can't let the other affect the other. Now, you mentioned being together 10 years, and, you know, that's a long time. Um, Fuck, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how the landscape of, of the industry and, and the scene has changed over the last 10 years? Well, I mean, it's changed so remarkably. Um, I guess the biggest way... It's changed as, you know, more and more people are uh, stealing music right. and stuff, um, which I didn't mind so much. But now it's getting to a point where it's tough to have money to write a record because right. records cost money to make. And I hope kids eventually realize that or people realize that that um, if everybody has that mentality where it's not records won't be made eventually because, right. you know, what are you supposed to do? Like work and save up and release a record for free. It's like. That part has changed a lot, and it's made it a lot tougher on bands. You have to stay on the road more, which convolutes the road, where there's, you know, one, at one point there's two bands in a town in a week, and now exactly. it's every night. So it messes up with the tickets, and, you know, it's a really tough business, and it's more and more cutthroat as time has gone on because it's so competitive, and every, the marketplace is small, and there's a lot of bands. Right. Um, it also makes it very tough on bands trying to come up and do something. In a way, it's good because you get your music out there without a label, but at the same point, there's no point in getting there because there's no label. So, right, right. you know, business-wise, it's changed a lot. But once again, it's another process of elimination where I know those things are going on. But, you know, we got 1,500 kids coming to see us tonight, so I have to go, okay, we got to put on a show and let go of all that stuff because they still paid money to come right. and see us, and who am I to not do what I said I was going to do? So I try and put those things aside and enjoy the fact that I get to do it today. Tomorrow's not promised to anybody. It could exactly. all disappear. So I just try and enjoy. This could be my last show, and I try and play it like it is, and right. do our best for the kids out there who worked hard to come. Now you mentioned you know having to stay out on tour longer and yeah. things like that, and it seems like you know a long time ago, like when I was in high school, band would put out an album, then they would tour and supporting that album. Yeah. And then you know it'd be like you know a few years between albums. But yeah. Now it kind of seems more like, and, it, and I just if like you agree with this, like it's more like you got to make the album to support the tour kind of like that. It, it, it definitely is it's kind of a weird rubber band effect and it, it, man, you have to come up with a record every year or every 18 months because that's how long a touring cycle is when we first started writing we would write a record and then tour it and then take you know a few months off because right. we wanted to kill each other by the end of these things there's no it's like before when we take breaks from touring now we're writing right. not even we don't even finish the touring cycle to start writing it's like dude you got to you have to stay in the present. You have to stay in the marketplace and those kinds of things. And especially in the States, um, people are very forgetful if you're not current, um, especially with like pop and there's less rock music on radio stations and in the public marketplace, which is really sad. Um, so it's, it's getting harder and harder for rock bands to stay relevant. And that's probably why you see the influx of 
so many tours, so many records, and um, yeah, they go more hand in hand now than ever. Right now, Hollywood Undead as a band, you guys have a lot of different styles blended into yeah. to, to your uh, to your music. Um, can you talk about the band's influences and, and even your personal influences and? You know, everybody would obviously give you some different answers as far as personal influence, but I would say, you know, as far as the band, um, people are always surprised because I think I've always considered us more of like an industrial style band than a rap type band, but I would say Nine Inch Nails and, you know, um, the Beastie Boys, Wu-Tang Clan, as far as the hip-hop side goes, and then, um, you know, I would say Nine Inch Nails musically is a huge influence for us. But we really try and deviate from anything. If, if something we hear and, oh, we like that, we'll try and avoid it at all costs because the last thing we're trying to do is duplicate something else. I don't even listen to music when we write music because I'm afraid I'll hear something yeah. and subconsciously do it not knowing. So I stay away. I refrain when I'm in the studio from listening to anything but us So to keep it organic and stuff. But as far as influences go, there's certainly influences, but we don't let them you know, right. predicate how or when we write or anything like that. Uh, being kind of, uh, would you guys consider yourself more like a rap or more of a metal? Or, or when I'll tell you the best way to answer that is if someone says, "What kind of band are you?" and I say, "A rock band." Right. Okay. That's what I consider it. We do different things. We do things different ways. But at the end of the day, we're all stealing from the Beatles and exactly. like everybody else, right. we're writing in the same structure. So it is what it is. Um, so far, like in the ten-year career that you've had, and, you know, the four albums and the touring and whatnot. Um, looking back, what has been like your personal highlight? Ooh, so many ups and downs. Can right. we talk about the low lights? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, highlights, you know, the first time, you know, when we went to Europe and did the festivals there, I remember playing for the first time in front of like 60 or 70,000 right. people. That was something that'll always uh, be in my mind. One time we opened for Red Hot Chili Peppers in Japan and it was like to a full stadium and I b- broke my knee or busted my knee because I fell off the stage. Right. And I got to sit in a wheelchair because I was in a wheelchair and watch uh, the Chili Peppers side stage to like 60,000 people. Right. And I was right there. And Chad, the drummer, I think he thought I was like handicapped because he didn't know who I was. Right. So he came over and gave me a drumstick <laughs> thinking I was just some dude who who knows, knows what he thought. But there's like things like that that have happened throughout the course of our career that, um, you know, when I'm old and dying, I'll be like, that was pretty cool. Right. So... Yeah, there's definitely some of those moments. You guys do a lot of festivals. You do like the smaller shows. What do you prefer? I like playing. The, the festivals are really fun because you're just playing to an army. It's right. it's wild, you know, and um, it's a great way to play to people who wouldn't necessarily see you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like those for that reason. I like playing our shows because it's to our fans, and there's obviously like a connection. Right. They care about this as much as I care about it, and you know. It's kind of like when you meet a girl and you get that feeling. Exactly. Like, so that's how I feel at our shows. And then the festivals, that's not there, but it's a ton of fun. So it's a very, right. they're fun for their own reasons. But I, I always prefer playing our fans because um, everything means something to each person differently. And right. it's a cool connection. Cool, cool. So this tour is halfway through, just over halfway through. Um, what's next after this tour? Well, we got another tour. <laughs> <laughs> We're home for a couple of weeks and we go back on tour. Then things die out for the holidays, right. so we'll be home for Thanksgiving and Christmas, which you know obviously is nice. Um, we'll take a break, and then we're off to Europe for two months. Um, that's what I call a suicide tour because right. you don't know if you're going to make it through without killing yourself. <laughs> so if I make it back, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, what do you do to keep yourself sane on the road? Because it's got to be, you know, there's got to be. Oh, man. Well, you know, I'll tell you one thing. I used to drink and do drugs a lot. Right. Just to be honest. That was my thing. You know, you just medicate or you're out of it. And before you know it, the torso. Right, or, right. But I stopped doing that because I was doing a disser. I wasn't, I can't play as well. I can't do this as well. So I quit drinking and doing everything on the road. Okay. Um, what I found that I read a lot. Not to sound corny, but I meditate. Right. Um, I go on lo- a lot of walks. I go to the gym. You know, I just do anything to stay busy and um, to not concentrate on the fact that you're not home. Because no matter what, over a course of time, um, you want to go back and sleep exactly. in your bed. And, you know, I have a family. And I'm like, ugh, this is, you know, FaceTime right. doesn't cut it. I'm tired of jerking off. <laughs> whatever the case may be. Right. <laughs> but you just find, try and find ways to stay busy and... Um, you know, concentrating on the positive aspects of it are, is hugely important. Right. You know, the great thing about being on tour is no matter how bad your day is, at the end of the day, you got to play your music to people. Exactly. And so I may wake up grouchy, but no matter what, I go to sleep happy. So, um, you know, I just try and concentrate on the, the more positive sides. Cool, cool. One last question, I'll let you go. Okay. Um, what would be your ultimate dream tour? You know, it's a tour that will never happen, <laughs> but I would love to have played, and this is us opening, obviously, right. with uh, Nine Inch Nails and the Beastie Boys. Would have been pretty awesome, man, because uh, I just love what they do. And the Beastie Boys, you know, I uh, one of them passed, so, I mean, obviously right. that's not going to happen, but uh, I, uh, I love those guys, and they're so creative, and they're great players, and um, Nine Inch Nails is just like a force for me. Exactly. Um, it would never work, I know that. <laughs> Um, we'd probably be getting booed by the Beastie Boys and Nine Inch Nails fans, but whatever, that would be awesome, man. Um, and then, you know, we've done, tour, like, a, we've toured with Avenged Sevenfold right. a couple times, and those were rad tours. I mean, those were right on that cusp where, dude, this is like a dream come true. Um, and we've played some shows with some bands that I never thought we'd play with, you know. We played with bands that I never thought we'd play with that I hate, like Kiss. Right. We've played with bands I never thought we'd play with that I love, like Slipknot. So, I mean... We've done a lot of cool things, um, and we've co- accomplished a lot, and um, so maybe the dream tour will never happen, but, you know, it's already, uh, dreams have already happened, so I can't bitch about it, but, yeah, that would be it. Cool, cool. Well, thanks for taking time hey, my to pleasure, talk to man. us, and uh, have a great tour, and uh, look forward to the show tonight. My pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hell yeah. Okay, I'd like to thank Johnny for taking the time to talk to us. Hollywood Undead's tour continues to the end of October. Uh, you want to check their website to see if they're coming to a town near you. That about wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to drop us a line at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Check out our Instagram at instagram.com forward slash ironcityrocks. And follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Until next time, thanks for listening.